Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including yours. Send them to ouramericanstories.com. Up next, a story from Betsy and Elaine Brumley on their father, Bob. Bob Brumley inherited a lot from his father, Albert. Not only was Albert one of the most impactful songwriters in American history, writing songs such as I'll Fly Away and Turn Your Radio On, but he also had a major music publishing company in Powell, Missouri. Here's the sisters talking about how Bob handled that and went about living life.
he was born in December of 1937, so January of 1938, he was in the business. It was pretty much like that. We did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, once once the kids were born, and we even have photos um, that have recently been posted in the late 50s, early 60s of the brothers before they went their separate ways, all working together, putting the books together. I mean, that's just part of your family business. It supported you. It brought income, and it's what it's what you did. But that's how Dad he he mm-hmm. was always a part of the business. Yeah, Dad yeah. never left. Dad was really very passionate about continuing the legacy for what Grandpa brought to the world, bringing awareness, sharing it with people, selling books, performing. I mean, Dad had his own. Mm-hmm. They all did it the business, but they all sang too. Now, I'm sure you know the story, Betsy, but one of my favorite stories of their singing was as a group that all the kids, when the boys were older, they would travel together in this car with barely any gas in it, barely any money, and they would stop at a general store somewhere when they got closer to whatever coon hunt or fox hunt or pie supper or whatever event they were going to go play at and pick up um, some ring bologna and some salting crackers and for, you know, and, coke. and some coke. And that was, they ate on that for days Well, because they, they didn't leave and then come back like we do now. They left for a while because it was a thing to drive and you had to be able to, you probably needed to get paid to afford gas sometimes when you're going around. And I, that's, that's just how they ate. Plus they liked it. Well, and Dad used to have to sit on the floor underneath his bass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because Dad played the upright bass, so mm-hmm. he was he his place in the car was on the, in the floorboard of the back seat <laughs> under his bass. That's how he wrote. For a frame of reference, what I think about is when um, on Andy Griffith with Johnny Fleet, the beat or whatever comes through in that long, big old bus like Cadillac, Cadillac car. <laughs> that's totally what they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all piled in there with their with their instruments. And just did it. I mean, so you're, you know, you've got a couple of guitars, you've got the big old bass, you've got the steel guitar, Jack's mandolin and stuff. I mean, so there's a lot of instruments in there, plus their clothes, their their outfits or uniforms, whatever they called them, mm-hmm. stage clothes, mm-hmm. and then their regular clothes. So, I mean, if you think about all the space that takes up, mm-hmm. that's a lot. They all played instruments because Grandpa gave them, gave them instruments mm-hmm. when they were around eight or nine years old to start learning. And Dad was was a guitar and the upright bass mm-hmm. and the piano. The piano. And he kept being able to play those his entire life. They didn't take the piano back then, but they did take the bass and the guitars and stuff with them. And uh, that was part of being in the business, too, because that was Grandpa's background. You traveled around, you sang your music, you let people hear it, took books with you to Mm -hmm. sell, you know. And uh, that was how he was introduced and participated in the business. And then his brothers left... Some of them went to the service, but in the 60s was something called the Bakersfield Sound that was being developed. And they wanted to be a part of that. And so Tom and Al and Dad's younger brother, Jack, they just picked up and moved. Well, Dad decided to stay to keep the business going Mm -hmm. because they really didn't have anybody working for him that did the things the boys did. So he and Bill stayed. So that was what happened where Dad just made that choice to stay. But he also loved to perform Mm -hmm. because he had his own band. He had not with just his family and brothers, but his own that he toured around with. I can remember when I was little specific fox hunt in Stella which is where my mom grew up but this was after they'd met and married and then he played on the stage and we'd go do the hangout thing and and then he'd pack up and we'd come home and so he was always part of the music whether it was behind the scenes like what we do mostly Mm -hmm. now or in on the stage and he had a great voice he's good really good with his pitch Mm -hmm. I mean he was really good until he was gone he could sing really well Mm -hmm. 
And then in 1976, Bill and Bill and Dad bought but, bought the mm-hmm. company from the publishing company mm-hmm. from Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Grandpa was ready to retire because he was in his 70s, so they mm-hmm. bought the company. Mm-hmm. And then Dad purchased Bill out in 1983, and then it's been we've run it ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, Dad just is always like Elaine said had always had a love for this the music and the and the industry side. But you know, having a passion for the publishing is different than having a passion for the music because publishing is such a unique animal and there's like five people in the world that understand publishing and copyrights right and thank goodness we're one of them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but it's uh which is part of the reason we've lasted so long because we actually do understand the business we know how it works because we've been around since it was invented basically so yeah i mean dad, dad learned those things and kept our business relevant Mm-hmm. So, you know, understanding, seeing the trends, keeping it up, keeping his finger on the pulse with the old stuff, too, because mm-hmm. understanding that the nostalgia, you know, that the ages as as we age, our tastes change, knowing that the older generation as they as they come into being, the baby boomers or whatever they're called, are going to be looking for those old songs that they grew up with. Well, we have those. And then that's going to be passed on. So there's always it's always going to be there. So we've always have kept the books that we had the singings and we did the when we upgraded to different things you know and and just got involved in movies and television and, and streaming and all the stuff but but his main goal was keep that legacy alive to make sure that people because as time passes and generations come anew uh the name is not associated with mm-hmm. the music anymore and that's part of the thing that we're trying to do is bring him to people's minds and what he contributed at least in my mind that's what i think about and uh making sure that they know the song that was in O Brother Where Art Thou that sold millions of copies was done by this amazing human being uh, a long time ago. And people still love to hear what he had to say from then. Mm-hmm. And Dad really was big on that. Yeah. He really wanted to do that, too. And you're listening to Betsy and Elaine Brumley tell the story of their father, Bob. And by the way, they told a brilliant story of their granddaddy, Albert the composer of I'll Fly Away and Turn Your Radio On, and so many others. When we come back, more of this remarkable family and musical story here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories, and the story of Bob Brumley is told by his daughters, Betsy and Elaine. When we last left off, the sisters were talking about their father's mission to preserve and honor the legacy of his father, Albert E. Brumley, who was a composer and music book publisher. Let's continue with this great family story. Part of the book part and the printing and all that stuff was they were raw books which they had raw edges and there was something called a book press and something called a book cutter well dad was 
ended up being the champion book cutter and he developed this amazing muscle that rode right across the top of his elbow that not many people develop and he was really strong hands because you'd put the books in you'd smush them back you'd cut the edges turn them cut them you had to cut three of the edges off and we would play in the pilings of the paper like they were leaves, like fall How leaves. How did we not get paper cuts? I don't, I was just thinking that. <sighs> I, I don't know. Maybe we did, but it was just so much <laughs> It fun. was fun. He had his own way of looking at things, mm-hmm. just like Grandpa did. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't exactly like Grandpa's. It was a little bit different. It was different. Yeah. Dad's favorite stuff, though. I mean, Dad, it was Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Dad was like a five-year-old at Christmas mm-hmm. time. The magic of Christmas always touched him. And we had some amazing stories from our childhood Mm -hmm. with Christmas. You know, he left footprints for you guys, right? Yeah, Santa Claus footprints, yeah, Mm -hmm. the powder, yeah. Mm -hmm. He put lights up. I mean, the man Mm. put so many lights up. It wasn't like, it wasn't Christmas vacation lights, but, but he loved lights. He loved all of, all, all the stuff that came with Christmas. And we always had stockings and we always had a toy. And, oh, but we would have the same candy. So mom and dad, we had Christmas stuff. <laughs> this is every year. Every year. It was literally the same candy. Literally the same candy. You, you know, you get, growing up, because there's part, there's German parts, you would get an orange and apple and candy in your stocking at Christmas time. Well, they got, it got to be, because we never ate it because it was gross candy, but they had to put it in there. So literally, Tradition. they would put the candy in plastic and just drop it in our socks, the same candy every single year. Because it stuck together. it stuck together. Uh, because it was above the fireplace. <laughs> it melted and it stuck together. But they used to st- because we never ate it. Even when even when we were little, we never ate it. But they I, that's one thing about him. And they, I think Grandpa as well. And my mom and Grandma. There was a lot of traditions lot of like traditions. that. That really... <laughs> Because it didn't matter what it was. It was a matter that it was year by year. I mean, he really liked following certain traditions like that. It meant nostalgic. It meant something to him to do those kinds of things every year. And it didn't matter if the candy stuck together or not, or if we ate the orange or the apple, because we didn't eat those either. No, we didn't. And, uh, you know, we just got the stocking present. Uh, but those kinds of things, he did that with a lot of aspects of his life, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And literally, as, as we got older and he got older, if you lived in Powell, you could set your watch by dad. And I mean that because every single day at 1130, he went to get the mail. It doesn't matter where, he went to get the mail. And I mean, people would, they knew it, what his schedule was. I mean, people would know. And if, if dad wasn't getting the mail or whatever, people would call and say, is Bob okay? Because he wasn't there to get the mail. He was, tradition, his routine, everything was very precise and scheduled for him. He did have a fabulous sense of humor mm-hmm. that was very corny, and the I guess we even used that in his obituary because it was part of his personality, and it's how he connected with people. He would tell you this corny joke, and you'd roll your eyes, but you find yourself telling it ten minutes later because it's, it's so funny. It's kind of funny and silly, and uh, that was that's how I remember a lot about him. And it doesn't. He never meant to be. He was never disrespectful, but he told them at all the weird times. Mm-hmm. You know, at uh, visitations for funerals, or at a funeral, or uh, some serious event. Some serious event. He would come up with this corny joke that he remembered, and, and it's relevant somehow. And somehow it connected to the situation you were in. He, he was. I remember he's really smart. Mm-hmm. That's what I really have a great memory of is how smart Dad was. He, his brain. He was a very internal person. 
but he had uh, he had a way of and a perspective of viewing things. Now it took him 15 minutes to get there, but once he got there, it made a lot of sense. And and you ask how we I'd want him to be remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want him to be remembered as dad, as Bob. Yeah. He really cared about everything he did. Dad, you know, he, he never met a stranger. He And he was like Grandma Brumley like this. If he met you once, mm-hmm. he remembered your name. He remembered what your kids' names were. He remembered what illnesses you have. I mean, the man remembered everything about you. But everything about him was authentic. Dad didn't even know how to put on airs. If he tried, he wouldn't know how to put on airs. And what's that old, old saying, you never get, a, pay a, get above your raisin or whatever? Dad never did. He never forgot where he came from. Mm-hmm. He felt that he earned everything, and I think he absolutely earned everything he did. And just that passion he had for that legacy, I mean, it was, a, it was the drive of behind mm-hmm. his business life. And he made sure that it was in a place of honor. People in the industry recognized that. So he was recognized for, for respecting the Southern gospel roots, the gospel roots, when a lot of people tend to push them aside, he, he kept them alive. Mm-hmm. And he and a lot of people in the industry and in the music industry really respected him for that. And, and he, he so he had his own accomplishments like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it we talk about because Grandpa's legacy was so big. Mm-hmm. But when you live in the shadow of someone with a name like Albert E. Brumley and, and can, his works are considered part of the fabric of America, it's hard to have your own because you do find yourself preserving. Just like even for Elaine and mm-hmm. I, it's hard. I mean, we're still living in Grandpa's shadow, if you will, mm-hmm. but we're making our own way. Dad did his. Yeah, and he had his own set of awards he and did. accomplishments that he achieved after Grandpa passed and he bought the business. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this, to me, this is, I, this is a thing that always meant something to me. One thing that Dad always made sure of, because of the respect he had for the industry, was to make sure he paid his people. Now, if you know the industry, that didn't always happen in, in events and things like that. There, it was a tough business. Your music can be tough. And I, if you're in it at all, you probably understand that. But he always made sure to respect the people he brought on, whether they were talent or to, we paid a tribute every year to the volunteers that helped at our events with this delicious food because food is fun and, and it was something they could all gather in and appreciate. He appreciated what the people contributed to his whatever it was. But he also respected the fans. And and he appreciated the fans. Absolutely. Because, I mean, one of my favorite stories is when um, one of the groups wanted to leave early from the singing one year. Mm-hmm. And he pulled them over from backstage and pulled the curtain back. And he said, you see all those people out there? And he said, yeah. He said, now I can't do without them. You, I can do without. If you want to leave, you're not going to get paid. And you're not coming and back. You're not coming back. Because you're disrespecting you're the fans. You're disrespecting these fans who came to see you. And paid to see you. But if you want to stay, I'll be happy to pay you. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Because because Dad understood the relationship of these are hardworking people. Mm-hmm. These are your fans who have who have taken their hard earned money and paid a ticket to see you perform. And if you are going to disrespect them by not thinking they're worthy or what, or whatever mm-hmm. your problem is, then, then I'm not having you back. Because this is an equal respect mm-hmm. back and forth between, mm-hmm. the, between the artist and the fan. And then also as the promoter, the person mm-hmm. who put it on. We all respect each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody adds something. Nobody's better than anybody else. I love that about Dad. Mm-hmm. He, he, is it always everybody had a place mm-hmm. and everybody had a job. You did your job. You got paid for your job unless you were volunteered. 
which you still got paid for because man, we took care of everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what you did. So you're exactly right. Yeah, that 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 was a very big factor of dad's personality Mm -hmm. and that I really always greatly appreciated. And I I carry that with me now. I'm very aware and very particular that when I do something with people, I treat them with that same respect Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability in the situation. Absolutely. So that to me was pretty cool about him because it it was that way in everything he Mm -hmm. did. And a great job, as always, by Monty Montgomery on the production and the storytelling. And a special thanks to Betsy and Elaine Brumley sharing the story of their father, Bob, this time. Last time it was of granddaddy, Albert. And my goodness, if you can have two daughters tell the story of your life as a mother or a father, well, blessed are you and lucky are you. The story of the Brumley family, and this time Bob Brumley, as told by his daughters, Betsy and Elaine, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we continue with our American stories. And as you know, we love telling immigrant stories, stories about folks who came here to get their piece of the American dream. And today, our own Joey Cortez brings us a story of an immigrant who would make his mark on the American advertising industry. Here's Joey. Mark Barrios lives in Colorado, and he designed the arts for a product all of us know and many of us love. But before he became a successful commercial artist, his journey began somewhere far warmer than the Colorado Rockies. Here's Mark. I was born in 1944 in Havana, Cuba, way before the revolution. My parents were divorced at an early age, but life in Cuba was like a regular teenage kid. I mean, we were raised in a middle class. I was able to go to a, a private school. We spent the time summer in the beach and um, to, to me, it was kind of paradise. And then I was 14 years old when Castro took power, and that's basically when my life completely changed. Within weeks, he started nationalizing the industry, like the, the electrical industry, the sugar. After my grandfather had passed, he had left my grandmother like a total of six houses, and she lived in one, and she was renting the other five. Well, right away, they confiscated those five houses, and they said, well, we're going to keep giving you the rent that you're collecting from the houses, but those houses now belong to the state. So I was not going to inherit the houses, my mother or my uncle. Those houses were taken by the state. A lot of the uh, my books were burned in some of the major streets, uh, and they were introducing new books into the school system. My school was uh, confiscated and turned into Friends of the Soviet Revolution. In every city block, they will have a committee of the revolution. So if you did, if you were to school, if you did the daily affair, they knew what you were doing. But let's say that you wanted to go and spend two days in, like we used to do, spend some days in the beach, you will have to let them know. They, have, they needed to know where you're going to be every single day of the week. And that's the way to control the people. Obviously, the freedom of the press, that right away, that's one of the first things that they took down. They took out um, freedom of religion. I mean, my God, they, all the 
they confiscated private school, especially if those belong to the Catholic Church or any, any religious group like the one that I was uh, attending to. I mean, all our freedoms got taken away. They took away our guns in, in the, for the sake of the revolution. They took away your guns. Sins that you take for granted are taken away. And then they will put people in the firing squad just for disagreeing with the, with the, uh, with the revolution. Some people were put in the firing squad because they were trying to conspire against the, the, the but that's no reason to put them in the firing squad. They got, they got rid of all of them. And, and Che Guevara, which not, it wasn't even a Cuban, I and mean, then here they, this guy, he was the, you know, of all the criminals in Cuba, he was probably the worst one. Originally, when Che was brought in, he was brought in as the treasurer of the country. After that, then he took over the tribunal to start processing the people that they have caught. And uh, that's when things got out of hand. He wanted to get rid of anybody that disagreed with, in any way with the government. There was no, you know, they were not taking anybody leaving anybody alive. If, if they disagree, if they can prove, or not even prove, they had a hint that you were anti-government, uh, anti uh, They you could end up in that firing squad. But they think that into the thousands and thousands that were killed by Che. As a matter of fact, I think the only reason that Che Guevara left Cuba, I don't know the I don't know really, obviously, what happened. I think Castro finally said, hey, go someplace else because you're really, you know, if you continue in this path, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna kill the revolution. And, and that only, that only has to do, and then take everything away, whether you have a house or you had a business, and then you put people in charge that were brought, people that were not qualified to, um, to run those businesses, so they took the whole economy, was the, the economy collapsed. It didn't make any difference whether Russia was buying the sugar from Cuba. It was basically a lot of the middle class business owners started leaving Cuba, a million of them left, and then you start putting people that were not even trained or qualified to run the businesses, so the economy collapsed. Once the economy was collapsed, then they had full control. I mean, they relied on, on the government. They, they nationalized the banking industry, they nationalized the energy sector, the petroleum industry, and everything was controlled by the government. It's still controlled by the government. And, um, you know, you, you, you make, in Cuba nowadays, you make more money as a, as a taxi driver of one of the old American cars than you are as a, as a doctor or, or as a professional. So, ah, man, those are very scary days back then, and and um, and I was kind of lucky when I was told to put when my when my uncle told me to, uh, to told my mother to uh, whatever it takes to get me out of there. It's because after the Bay of Pig, uh, sure enough, Castro the first scene after quenching the 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 invasion, he started grabbing all the uh, teenagers and uh, send them to what he called help the farmers, but it was really basically send them to concentration uh, camps to help with the 
with the sugar, to cut the sugar canes. But I, it was really basically um, a concentration camp to take them away from the families, at least for a period of time. So yeah, it, it, those were very sad, sad days. Arriving on a student visa, Mark and his mom managed to escape the sadness for a place of hope, the United States. He and his mother made Colorado their home. While maintaining a full-time job, Mark attended the University of Boulder as a full-time student. And although his mother and uncles who lived in the States wanted him to become an accountant, Mark had a different vision. He had a passion for art. My major was in fine art and anthropology, which, you know, I, I don't know how you either become a starving artist or or, uh, or a, a, a teacher. So a friend of mine uh, told me about a school called Colorado Institute of Art, which was more of a commercial art advertising. And that was really fascinating to me. I mean, what a way to communicate with people visually. So I, I started attending there. I found a job at the hospital, at a hospital working in the x-ray department from uh, Friday to, to Sunday, uh, 40 hours, so it was great. I didn't have a life, but at least I have a, a full-time job, but I was be able to, to go to school at the same time. So I graduated in 1966 uh, from the Colorado Institute of Art. And you're listening to the story of Mark Barrios and what a story he tells about Cuba. And we've had several other remarkable stories told about Cuba before Castro and then after. They took freedom of the press away, freedom of religion. They took away our guns, the things that you take for granted. They were all taken away. The economy collapsed, he noted, because all the middle-class business owners left and the people unqualified to run the businesses, handouts from the Castro government. Well, they ran them into the ground, and the economy got run into the ground. You noted that you could make more money as a cabbie than you could as a professional or a doctor. All the incentives of work and moving up were just taken away and stripped for the greater good, for the revolution. When we come back, more of Mark Barrios' story here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. back with Our American Stories and with Mark Barrios' story. Mark was born in Havana, Cuba, escaped the Castro regime, and moved to Colorado with his mom, where he graduated from the Colorado Institute of Art. Let's return to Mark with the rest of his story. After spending a couple of, uh, spending about a year working for some smaller agency, I was approached by uh, Coors. They had an opening in their art department. So I I took that, that job. I was all, also married at the time, a previous marriage, and uh, so I figured that that might be a more secure job to have at Coors. And then in 1975, Coors' biggest competitor, the Miller Brewing Company, took the industry by storm with their release of a light beer, Miller Light. That changed the whole industry. Miller Lite started taking a lot of uh, shares away from uh, Coors. Coors already had a hot product, the Banquet Beer, which they marketed as America's finest light beer, not based on calories, but flavor. But with Miller Lite's success, some folks in the company began to question, maybe we should make an even lighter beer to compete. The management of the company, they felt that Miller Lite was going to be a fad, that light beer was not going to be around for, for a long time. Well, obviously they were wrong, but at the same time, the company had brought a, a new guy into the picture, one of the family's son, and that was uh, Peter Coors, and he was in charge of the marketing department at the time. So Peter took over, and he, he felt that we needed to introduce a light, a light beer. Um, and I guess you're in the right time at the right place. Uh, they have created a light product before, but it was too close to our existing, the existing course banquet. So basically, not only Miller Light was taking business away from Coors, then 
here we are, this new Coors Light package was so similar and look was so similar and advertising was so similar to the existing Coors that that brand was cannibalizing our own brand, our, 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 the banker, the banker brand. So I'm sitting one day in my um, desk during lunchtime having my lunch. Uh, Peter approached me and he said, what do I thought of the, of the product? And I told him that it's basically it's just too, it's just too, uh, too close to the original Coors and, um, and I didn't care too much for it. So he told me, I would like you to start designing a new package. Well, uh, so I was pretty excited. And after my boss got back <laughs> that, after, that afternoon for lunch, I told him, I said, man, Peter was here. He was really asked me to design a new package. Well, because he had designed the previous package, he didn't want anything to do. But then he basically told me, no, I don't want you to, to do it. And I said, well, I cannot be in the middle. You're going to have to. To make the story short, um, Peter came back and he basically told him, no, Mark is going to design this. He's going to work on this package. So I started working on it, and one of the packages I was designing it was playing with the using the silver. I thought that the light category they, they were used both both Weiser and Miller was using the white, and to me it was too medicinal. So when I was playing around with the colors, I noticed that this the silver because it was really attracting, it was very clean, was very fresh, very contemporary. It reflects in the shelves, so. I ended up um, kind of pushing for that color as a background color and the brand, you know, supported me on that. They, they took it to focus group and they liked the product, but they didn't think it looked like beer. So, but anyway, Peter decided to roll with it and because the other, the other package was not doing any good. And obviously the rest is history. Coors Live became uh, grew very rapidly. Uh, there was college kids that started calling the course uh, like the silver bullet, so what a better place. We were probably smart enough at the time to accept that phrase. It, you know, sometimes you spend years and years trying to develop a slogan. This one was created by the consumer. So course Light became the, the silver bullet. I was promoted to the head of the department so basically I was in charge of all the advertising, all the uh, promotion, the point of sale, the packaging for the different brands. So little by little I was be able to build an art department to a, a creative services department of uh, over 36 people including, you know, uh, including creative directors, copywriters, art directors, production people, multimedia people. So we probably became one of the largest uh, in-house in creative services. Yeah, I tell you what, if I, if I had to uh, give credit to somebody who changed my, that changed my life basically, and in a very unexpected way, it was Peter. Mark went on to open his own business and landed promotional jobs with several blockbuster hits like Batman, Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, and Space Jam. He has truly lived the American dream. Even an immigrant with a thick Cuban accent can be successful in the American advertising industry. Sometimes you, you talk to an accent, people don't listen to you too well. And that's human nature. There's, I'm not throwing any anything there other than human nature. So 
This visual scene I was be able to, to do was very, to me, became, it solved a problem. It solved a way for me to be able to, go, to communicate visually. I'm creating a, a, a look and then there are people accepting them. I don't even have to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. They're accepting me or a product of me. And they don't even know me. I think that was done in Jurassic Park. It was done in, in, in Coors Light, obviously, very successful. So yes, every when I go by, I mean, changes are taking place in Coors. Some of them have been good. Believe it or not, I think they have done a very good job in protecting the essence of what my vision was. Now the package today is so much different when the package that was done in 1978, it's almost like day and night, but that essence, that feeling, that crispness uh, that I envision is still there. Mark is now retired and married to a spouse he dearly loves. They have three children together, who now, as adults, wish to further connect with their Cuban roots. At the end of 2019, Audrey and Alex and Christopher, my middle son, they said, hey dad, you know, they want to go to Cuba. I said, you guys should go to Cuba. I said, well, we're not going to Cuba without you because we want to, you know, we want to see our roots uh, and you have to come along. And I really didn't want to, I said, you know, I, I just don't want to go and be depressed by, because I've seen pictures of my high school, places I used to live, places I used to visit, you know, and I, I really wasn't, I, I don't want to go to that, to that place. But then I said to them, you know what, let's, let's go ahead, I will do it. Just because of you guys, I will do it. So we were all excited, I started making the plan. At the last minute, my, my wife, um, mother, she's, you know, 81 years old, she can't even hardly walk. She decided she wanted to come. And we felt that wasn't, you know, that wasn't really. So we're going back and forth about because if we go to Cuba, she won't be able to move around. There's nobody there left. So we, and then suddenly COVID hit and uh, we did cancel the trip because obviously I, uh, we were not gonna go there. So that happened at the beginning of, uh, at the beginning of two. That's, we were scheduled to leave on March. And that's when, you know, as a matter of fact, we had uh, uh, plane tickets already and, and that's when COVID hit, so we never got to visit Cuba. So I still don't know if, you know, I'm getting older and I'm still in good, fairly good shape for being an old fart, but uh, I will do it for them. I won't do it for myself. I, I find myself very, very lucky that, uh, you know, that I was be able to come here with $5 in my pocket, a change of clothes, and, you know, have a wonderful, over time, have be able to, to raise a, a wonderful family and give, and give that family the, the freedom to be living in this country, because obviously if I would have had the family, it could have been the same family could have been in Cuba. So at least the family here be able to have the freedom that, uh, that, they can, that they have by living in this country. And now I have a next generation family, the grandkids are growing up and, and be able to see them grow and it's just, just, just very gratifying. I know that you're interviewing me, but man, how many Oh my God, I have millions of uh, stories probably like mine. I, I'm only one of those stories in the naked city. I mean, I'm sure that there's a, you know, and I, I think that's the beauty of a country like ours, man.
It's just so many opportunities for anybody that have a passion that are willing to do things a little bit different. Um, opportunities are there. And my goodness, there's just so much here. And it's so beautiful. He comes to this country in the end with $5 in his pocket and a change of clothes. But as he put it best, he was given the gift by his mom of freedom, and he's passed that freedom gift along to his kids. Mark Barrios's story here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.